The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Yo, welcome into a new edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It's Friday, March 31st, 2023. We're here to talk some spring football, talk some women's basketball on a new edition of the podcast. Uh, today's podcast brought to you by our friends at A Plus Lawn and Landscape. Uh, been the longtime supporters of us here at Cyclone Fanatic, been our longtime spring football sponsors. I think they've sponsored spring football as long as I've been covering or as long as I've been working for Cyclone Fanatic, which is uh, will be 10 years in, uh, in August. So uh, longtime supporters of us here for any of your, your lawn and landscaping needs, you'll want to reach out and contact our friends at A Plus Lawn and Landscape. What's up, Connor Ferguson? What's going on, man? Another day in paradise, living in the great state of Iowa. Big Another world. day in paradise. It is 60 degrees outside, so that's a plus. I think we're supposed to get tornadoes this afternoon, which is a minus. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I forgot the weather thing was going on. Yeah, been an uh, interesting week for the weather from where it's been cold, and now it's going to end up really warm. I think it's supposed to be 70 on Sunday, so... Uh, should be in a interesting several days. Uh, busy week for Iowa State football with uh, with spring practice going on. We'll talk a little bit about that. It's obviously been a busy week for everybody with the women's basketball program and some of the things going on on that front. Uh, but we'll just start with we'll just start with spring football. It sounds like you know we talked to Coach Campbell uh, last Thursday, you know, and he talked a lot about just how he felt about the team coming out of winter workouts. He was really you know, impressed with what they had done through through that winter period, you know, with their new strength and conditioning coaches. Uh, and then, you know, now moving into into spring practice, it's, you know, there's a lot of fresh faces, a lot of youth on this football team. Uh, but I think they feel really confident about, you know, this group of guys that they've got working out there right now. Yeah, it sounds like they're kind of taking a similar approach to how they did in the spring last year. I don't necessarily think it even has that much of an impact on how the season goes. Um, but it sounds like they have the process of what they want to do every spring uh, kind of hammered down really well. And when you're getting a new staff in there, it's always good to have that routine established. So we'll see how that turns out and everything. And it might not make a difference, but it sounds like they like where it's going right now. They got a lot of new coaches in there. I know it's confusing even for us. I posted a video the other day and had the wrong had the wrong name for an assistant coach on there for the wrong position because I was just, you know, there's just a lot of new guys, a lot of guys that we've never really interacted or never interacted with at all, uh, you know, covering spring football this year. And um, I think that that brings a dynamic of freshness to things where just, you know, things maybe feel a little bit more new than what they have these last couple of years with as long as coach Campbell has been here now. Um, but then, and then there's just a lot of new faces, like at every position, you know, last night we're talking to John Haycock and he's listing off these guys that are, you know, that are working out at the at linebacker and uh, Gary Vaughn was the only one who had really played, you know, had, had really played multiple years for Iowa state, but then you got a guy like Zach Lovett who transferred in Carson Willich, Carson Marshall, like those two guys that played a little bit for Iowa state. Cole Peterson's played a little bit. Will McLaughlin's played a little bit. Jacob Ellis, Jacob Emming. Like these are guys that just have not played a ton of football, but you know, I think they feel really confident in where the talent level of the team is, even though the experience level isn't there yet. It says a lot for John Haycock to list eight names and, three sentences of a quote 
Yeah, he is very good at uh, – he will often say, I'm going to just list – basically say I'm going to list names, and then he'll just list of names and then he'll say at the end i probably forgot someone uh and so it's like he just says every guy that plays linebacker i bet if we were to look at iowa state's line or iowa state's roster right now and look at the linebackers there's probably not many more than eight even on the roster yeah just goes through it he's like but but still i mean that's a talented group like those are guys that uh that came in you know highly touted you know for will mclaughlin to be in a position as a true sophomore to or as a you know in his second year with the program to be in a position to to potentially play big snaps obviously zach lovett transfers in from uh from the university of missouri and then gary vaughn i mean i he has to be an obvious option to start at one of those positions with the amount of football that he's already played for iowa state i think that group that group is going to surprise some people. Like there's a lot of new faces, but I think that's a really talented group of players that just, we haven't gotten an opportunity to see yet. Yeah, absolutely. Also, how excited are you to uh, get rid of the COVID year stuff? We don't um, have, we're on the back end of worrying about this guy's in his third year. What's that made? Yeah. What do we have? Like two years left. I think that the guys that were uh, freshmen will be, technically be seniors like next year. Yeah. Except I do wonder if someone was redshirting during that season, if that counts. I have no idea. I don't think anybody has any idea. They just gave them the blanket eligibility and it's like, yeah, here you Maybe, go. You can play. just let everyone get. To yeah. Yeah. It just is uh it, it is annoying to have to try and figure it out at this time of year, because you just have no idea who is, especially like in basketball, you look at basketball and it's like, who could even come back conceivably? I wrote that column earlier this week and I was like throwing out names and it's like guys that are leaving guys that could come back, all this kind of stuff. You just have no idea. Someone needed to come out with like a designation like right at the start that just says they are eligible or they are not. And no one ever did that. Like, I, I don't know of, there's probably some men's basketball programs that have it listed, but. I haven't seen it anywhere for any type, any kind of team. No, I haven't seen it either. And I don't think even the schools hardly know half the time. Right. There's like, yeah, I think you're out of eligibility. You know, I don't know. We'll just list you as a senior until you're not a senior anymore, I guess. Yeah, always got one more year left. Uh, but no, I, I just, I feel like with spring football, there are so many fresh faces that it's even hard to really give analysis on the team because you just like, especially defensively, you've got to replace so many key pieces and we obviously don't get to go and watch practice. So it makes it hard for us to really even analyze, you know, what's going on with these guys because it's like, we, nobody's ever seen them play, you know? Yeah. I mean, basically everyone that every highly talented kid that's entered the program the last season and a half, two seasons, like they're all in these practices right now and hardly any of them have played a snap on the field or at least, yeah. you know, regularly getting playing time. One name that continues to pop up is uh, Ike Eziogu, uh, a defensive end. His name came up a lot with coach Campbell. Uh, John Haycock brought him up again last night. It sounds like he's a guy who could make a, who could really make a leap uh, this season. So if anybody's looking for someone defensively that it's like, Oh, you know, who's maybe flying under the radar, that's probably the guy. 
you know, it sounds like he is, uh, he's got big time potential at Iowa state. I was hearing a lot about him from even other recruits last season, kind of around when practice was really getting into things in camp and all that. Uh, and his name just routinely pops up at least once a month, um, just in conversation and stuff. And the other thing is the receiver room. Uh, they seem to be really hyped about those guys. Yeah. Jaden Higgins, that name, uh, it comes up a lot. I was told that he has star potential, uh, which is, you know, going to be huge for them. They bring back Jalen Noel, you bring back Dimitri Stanley, but other than that, you don't really have a ton of proven playmaking in that room at this point. And you have to, some big shoes to fill with X, but, uh, you know, you hope that, you know, if Jalen Noel can make a leap, Demetri Stanley can make a leap. And then you bring in Higgins, you know, you feel pretty confident about what that group can give you. Cause then, you know, you look at the roster. I think there's only, I think there's one, maybe two seniors listed on the roster. Uh, but then there's a bunch of guys that are redshirt juniors and, you know, redshirt fresh or redshirt sophomores who have played quite a bit guys like Aiden bitter, or, uh, Aiden bitter, Daniel Jackson, you know, you even think about, you know, Greg Gaines is someone that people were really excited about last season. I think that that position is, is as strong as what it's probably been top to bottom, you know, really over the last couple of years, but it's just like, I don't know if the ceiling is as high for that group as what it has been in the past when you've got guys like X, you know, it could be the potential is there, but is it, is the, the production going to be there? You make a really good point with that. And that's kind of where the, entire team is out when you have so many young players coming into things like you you think you know there's so many guys working out the ceiling's got to be high for one of them uh but it just kind of ends up working out excuse me um just like how that kind of all swings together uh with young guys growing up in the program all right you got anything else you want to talk about about spring football there um there just is not a lot for us to to say right now especially when we do all of our stuff on zoom uh they just it just makes it hard for the media to get good stuff the takeaways you get from practice are they listed off names and probably forgot someone so if you want to get points for being mentioned we could do a standings chart see who gets mentioned in these interviews yeah who gets mentioned the most uh yeah it's like i did a notebook this or i was reading back through john haycock's quotes last night thinking like what kind of story could could i write from this and there's literally it's all he did was go through and list names of positions you know it's like i guess this is my story position battles we'll update them and even then how good of an update is this considering uh, he didn't really give any sort of rhyme or reason to when he seems to have, like he listed Gary Vaughn as the last linebacker and Gary Vaughn's their most, ex- one of the most experienced players on the team, you know? I could do a column if you wanted on a conspiracy of someone he left off the list. <laughs> so let me know. Uh, John Haycock is out on <laughs> such and such. Such and such random walk-on linebacker from. Yeah, he did list enough names to where I don't. Know. Yeah, he he's out on this walk-on linebacker for Pat from Pat and Shredan or whatever it is that you know that uh, some random guy went to Glidden Ralston. You know, uh, shout out to our to the people out up at Glidden Ralston. I don't want to want him to think that I'm I'm just throwing out random small schools. I, uh, I haven't heard of either of those cities. You've never heard of either of those of the no. schools. That's it's insane. It's not too often someone says that about Iowa. I think that Jay, I think that Pat and Shardan has been roped into Green County. 
because I think it used to be JSPC, Jefferson Scranton, Pat and Shredan. Uh And then Glenn Ralston is over like west or yeah, west of Boone. Now that I you say it, I think I might know. I think I might have seen the Ralston logo. I'm yeah, I think they're the Rams. I think they're the Glidden Ralston Rams, if I remember correctly, from my cover in high school football days. I remember I did a uh, – uh, man, who was it? It was uh, – man, I can't even think of the name of the school now. But they, it, I did an eight-man football game between Glidden Ralston one time when I was in college, and it was like I'd never heard of any of these schools or any of the people that were playing in the game. I have no idea why it was that I got sent to Glenn Ralston, but for some reason I did. For a season and a half, I had a 17-game streak of the game either being a blowout or pouring rain. Pouring uh, rain's the worst, dude. Or both. It's the worst. Now, yeah. both was certainly applicable. There's only like one one-possession game in that whole thing. And uh, one of them was Ames against Marshalltown, and Marshalltown was undefeated. They played at Marshalltown. Uh, I think they were playing Ames. But the Marshalltown coach went run, run, pass uh, the first seven drives in a row uh, and found himself down 35. <laughs> you hate to see it. It was all three and outs. Yeah, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. Shout out to Glenn Ralston and Marshalltown. Uh, all right, let's 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 flip things over to the women's basketball side. Very eventful week for the women's basketball program with, uh, obviously, you know, Lexi Donarski goes into the transfer portal last week. We have talked about that a lot on this network. You know, Danae Fricks goes into the, uh, to the portal. What was that, Monday afternoon? Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday afternoon. Right before the All-American game. Yeah, so she goes into the the portal Tuesday afternoon. Uh, sounds like it was a lot to do with the fact that other people had left. Uh, by that point, that was kind of the final straw for for her to be able to make that decision. Um, what do you make of it? What where are you at on it now? After you know three days later. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you with uh, with why Danae left. Um, I think it was kind of something along those lines of who was still around and who wasn't going to be in the program anymore. Um, she had some friends that transferred out. So it's tough. It's complicated, but that's kind of what the transfer portal gives you these days. Um, and it's going to take some players from you and sometimes it's going to give you some good ones. So you got to hope that the people coming in uh, end up being good ones uh, whenever they make those decisions or end up doing that. I know they're not completely targeting anyone right now, uh, but I was told I'd get an update at some point on that stuff. Yeah. I, uh, I think it's people forget, you know, we talk so much about how Iowa state's about the people. And when you're one of these players, and this place is about the people. And then all of a sudden you look around and all like a bunch of those people are gone and you realize, dang, this isn't quite the same place without all my friends. Like, can you blame anybody, you know, for making that decision? Like I, I get where people come from. You want to have loyalty to the program. You have loyalty to the other people that are left in the program. I can see both sides of it though. You know, where if every, basically everybody that you hang out with and all that kind of stuff is all of a sudden gone and you're like, well, I guess I'm kind of the last man standing. It's time for me to, you know, either, you know, crap or get off the pot. Am I going to stay or am I going to go too? You know, and it sounds like that just was kind of where a decision landed. 
Yeah, and it it comes down to those things that it's like, you know, sports teams you or I were on as a kid, and there's definitely people you like better than others. So your top three left. That's not – I'm not saying that's what happened with Danae, but it's – Hypothetically, people, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the pe- people were – it got a big reaction, uh, and it's rightfully so because no one really knows what's going on uh, on the inside or anything like that and gives the impression that something bad uh, or something isn't happening correctly. I mean, it does look bad. Yeah. Like, yeah, like there's no denying that it does look really bad. You yeah. Know? Uh, but I would say, like, if you wanted the – reassurance what Emily Ryan said this week and what Addie Brown said in the story we have posted on Cycle Fanatic, uh, that should give you at least a little bit of reassurance that uh, these players that are still at Iowa State are here because they love Iowa State and want to play for Iowa State. And I think, like, it looks worse, too, because ultimately uh, they didn't have that many people to lose to begin with, you know? Yeah, they already had a short bench. Right. Like they already, and realistically, like they only had what, like four or five people that it's like could have come back that you would have felt like we're going to be really major contributors anyway, you know? And that's inclu- like, that's from last year's team. Like that's including like Ashley, who obviously could not come back any, like didn't even have the option to come back, but it's like you lose a couple of those people that you thought were going to kind of be your cornerstone, your cornerstones. And then all of a sudden things start to look really grim but I mean, I think we've seen worse situations than this. Like if you're going to have to start with a baseline talent of Emily Ryan and, and Nymir do like, that's, it's a pretty good little baseline. You can build around those two, you know? Yeah. Especially when uh, Nye is on, I think if she can dial in on when she is hitting shots, she's a completely different player. And she plays a ton of the game based off momentum and, and what she can analyze of the other team. So she can figure out how to kind of hone that down next year. That's going to be a huge boost for them. And then Emily Ryan, I mean, I would imagine she is will be one of the more ball-dominant point guards in the country, you know? Yeah. Like the, the entire operation will, be, will revolve around what she is able to create. She was uh... – I'm going to describe this so poorly. I, this is not, this is meant to come off as good on Emily, but she was screaming after the big 12 championship win for like 10 minutes. She, she goes, I don't even know what to do right now. It was fun to see. There's, there's a lot of passion. Um, and you can see it in Emily Ryan. Uh, and she's the most vocal in practice during NCAA tournament practice and big 12 stuff. Uh, from what we saw, she's always talking, always encouraging everybody. I think Iowa state's got a really good, captain for next season yeah she's she's the floor general at the end of the day you know and that's where if she's got a good enough relationship to stay with bill Fennelly, then the sky isn't falling you know and i understand that there are people out there who are frustrated and you know coach probably does deserve some criticism for some of these things that have happened and to drive and for some people to feel that the best thing for them was to not be with the program we know coach is a really tough person to play for you know we know that he is an intense guy he's an intense coach uh it takes a special kind of person to probably be able to deal with some of those kinds of things i know there's people out here who say there's no room for those things in in college athletics today but again if it was like the entire team left and the entire team's talking to the media and telling them that they're being 
you know, abused or whatever. Like that's one thing, but, and I can tell you this firsthand, we've tried to talk to people and that has not necessarily come to fruition for people to come and talk and be straightforward in a public facing setting. Like it just has not been the case, you know, and I'm more than willing to listen to anybody who wants to say those things, but until I've seen them publicly, it's hard for anybody to, to sit here and say any more than what we already know. Yeah. And the other thing is to play for a coach like Bill, uh, you got to appreciate tough coaching you got to take it in stride uh, and you got to use it to make yourself better. Uh, and that's a lot easier to do uh, when you're winning. And it's when a lot ex- easier said than done too. Like it's a lot yeah. easier said than done. And when the expectations are already high coming in, if you're not winning a ton, it kind of feels like you're winning a lot less than you are. Yeah. It just is. It, yeah, it's tough because, uh, you know, like from where we sit, you know, we want to be fair. Like I want to be fair to both sides. I want to be fair to the players that are leaving. I want them to feel like their story was told. I want coach friendly to feel like we're being fair to him and to the the staff uh, up there in Iowa state feel like we're being fair to them at the end of the day. And it's hard to be fair in a situation like this where not very many of the details become public because people don't speak about it publicly, you know, because it, and that just is, is where I sit there and I'm like, I don't know who deserves the criticism here for any of these things, because all of it happens behind closed doors and nobody's talking. Yeah. Man, I cannot get rid of that. Today. Um, yeah. And that's the other thing is it, it might not even be anything that people want to talk about. Cause it wasn't that bad. Yeah. And so like, do you, jump to that and you don't want to jump to a assumption or a conclusion without knowing anything behind the scenes. But from what I'm getting a read off kind of the situation in you, uh, like the, trying to talk to people about what's going on and having that not come back to you, I would say there's a lot less alarm there than if. Well, had- and, and I can tell people I flat have said to others, that if there is something here that needs to be criticized, I am more than willing to listen and I'm more than willing to do whatever I have to do after that. But then I don't get anything. You don't get anything back, you know? So that's where it's hard. It's like, how much criticism can someone level to somebody? And to say like, because people are leaving, that's why people should get criticized. People leave everywhere every day in college athletics now. Like that just is the way that it is, you know? And I bet you there will be teams out there with way more than five people that are in the transfer portal. Like that just is, that just is the way that it is. And it doesn't look good. Like, again, I'm going to say that it does not look good. All of us were sitting around sitting there thinking what the hell is going on in the Iowa state women's basketball program. But I think we've seen over the last couple of days, you keep Emily, you, like you mentioned, you talked to Addie Brown. It sounds like all of those recruits are solid. All of them are, are really excited to get to Ames and get to work and get to, you know, get inside the program uh, until someone gives me a reason to think any different. Like I have a hard time thinking that anything's going to change. Yeah. There's uh, I think it's called at verbal commits on Twitter. I just have it set on notifications. I probably shouldn't get my playbook away to our competition. It's listening for sure. Uh, but if you look at like how many people enter the transfer portal every day, it like, it's shocking just to see the amount of names come in one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, cause you know what 800 players are, but you, yeah, nearly 1000 men's basketball players alone, I think are yeah. already in there. Yeah. I think when Steve Prohm went to Murray state last year, he had like 
10 to 12 transfers out before he even got there. Yeah. Uh, I know Bradley's had like seven players transfer since they lost in the NIT. Wasn't sad to see that. Yeah. It doesn't always mean that it's like the sky is falling, you know, that this is a disaster, a scandal. I was just saying it could be way worse than five. Yeah. And especially when three of them were basically expected, really only the, the last two were the ones that I think were a surprise to anybody. Now, uh, we haven't talked about this one here, but Bill said on the radio with you guys that Stephanie would have come back had the waiver came back approved. Yeah. That was interesting to me because I know she was going to be a top top 10 to top five likely. Most mock drafts I've seen have put her at the top five pick, but uh, I know that was just her goal getting here um, when she got here and they weren't planning on going an extra year until she brought up that she wanted it. So like that gets denied, obviously that sucks, but it sounds like Steph wants to be as much part of a program as, uh, as she can be. And it makes you wonder too, if, if that waiver doesn't get denied how many of these things happen. Yeah. Probably probably looking at having a, you know, you're looking at on paper right now, having a better team, you know, like you might, you're going to have someone that you're going to build around. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't come to this, you know. I think it's entirely possible that we'd still see the same people out, but there'd be less reaction from fans. Yeah. Had Steph. Well, I know if they would have had Emily and Steph as their two building two cornerstone building blocks, that would have been that would have been a very, very good little baseline foundation. It'll be interesting to see. They got a lot of spots to fill now. I think they only have three people on the roster and how many how many recruits do they have? They got five. I think they got four on the roster. So they have, uh, oh, they have four on the roster. So then they've got what? Chantavia Dawkins, Nye, Izzy's and Yarrow. Yeah. Mary-Kate King too. So they've got four spots to fill, right? Or three? They're allowed 15, I believe. Oh, okay. So they've got five or six. They probably won't fill them all, though. I don't think they've filled 15 in six years at least. Yeah. So probably at least three or four. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is that need some guards bad. They need some guards. Yeah. That recruiting class coming in has about every accolade you're allowed to get before coming into college program. It is an absolutely insane class. I think they're, they're projected to be really good. So. Well, they're going to be thrown into the fire. They're going to have to play, uh, play early. Uh, all right. We'll talk men's basketball just a little bit. This is the, the best time for anybody to be subscribed to the cyclone fanatic, Patreon, the cyclone fanatic premium message board, any of that stuff. Chris has been doing a really good job of, uh, of keeping on top of the, the men's basketball information. Uh, you know, sounds like they've got a, a couple of guards that they're getting after some guys on the wing, basically what we expected, just, you know, shooters, people who are going to come in and be able to score the ball out there on the wing. Uh, and, you know, can't go too deep into the names just because of uh, what we're trying to do, you know, from a business standpoint. But I think anybody who wants to keep up on that stuff needs to make sure and, you know, pay to be a Cyclone Fanatic patron because Chris is doing a, a great job. And if you want to know those names before anybody else, then, you know, this is the best way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Actually, I don't have anything to say about that one, Jared. Chris is doing a great job. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair I know. Enough. I had something in my head, and I just lost it. 
yeah no you're good all right man we'll uh we'll catch up with you guys again next week i know this wasn't the most uh in-depth pod but you know wanted to get you guys something for the weekend kind of wrapping up the week talk a little bit of spring football uh and then we'll talk to you guys again coming up next week peace